Hello and welcome to Mustard MMA. It is Christmas time and we've got an especially festive episode coming up. We're going to get into all the, all the, all the big events of USC 2021 calendar year, I, I suppose. There's uh, a lot to get into. My name's Joe, as always. I'm joined by Matt. You're looking very festive in your Santa's hat. Matthew, it's good to have you. It's good to have you too, Joseph. I, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more festive today, but I'm, I'm kind of forcing it. You know, what of this dreaded variant knocking about? I'm trying to force the Christmas on me, but so I've got a hat on, but I'm not getting it just yet. But I'm feeling good, though, all that aside. Yeah, well, sometimes that's that's all you can do, really, isn't it? You've got to fake it till you make it, so to speak. And then by the 25th, you, you might be feeling it. And then it'll be over. And then, and then a day later, <laughs> yeah. you've got to get rid of it and move on. Exactly. So. But how are you? No, I'm well. I'm well. I got uh, this is this last week at work, and then a week off after that. I managed to get those days in between off, so I'm looking forward okay. to that. Maybe might even get a football match in on on the Boxing Day, if like you say the the, the dreaded new variant doesn't uh, take its toll over the next few days. But other than that, look, I'm looking forward to it. A nice uh, chilled break. Lovely, lovely. Of course, we've got the mustard derby. On fingers crossed, we'll go ahead. Big yeah. one, big one in the quarterfinal on Wednesday, Joseph. So. I'm glad we're doing it before rather than after this podcast. Let me put it that way. Yeah, my, my brother's going to that, actually. He's going as a... Oh, is he? Yeah, as a, an away. I think he might be going as a sneaky away fan in the uh, home end. So he'll be having to keep oh, his okay. uh, cheers to himself. Tottenham away, love it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As you mentioned, Joseph, we've got 2021. We're closing the book on it, aren't we, a little bit here? We're nearly there. We're getting past it. Uh, we're going to talk about all the ins, ins and outs and the goings-on that has happened. But uh, there was a fight yesterday. We could get cracking into that and a couple of bits of fight news. So we talked about it a little bit, Joseph, last, well, two weeks ago. Chris Daukas could be the next king, the heavyweight, the new prospect. Walked into Derek Lewis, didn't he? And that's all she wrote. I mean, it's a lot could be said here about who should these youngsters be fighting. But in heavyweight... It goes a little bit differently, doesn't it? They've got less to go through to get to the top dogs in that division, and you can't ease them in. I know Tom Aspinall's trying to do that, but it won't be long. And Chris Dalkus has done the same, and he's come across an animal, a proper lion in Derek Lewis. He got knocked out in the first round. Joseph, how are you feeling? I know you're a big proponent of uh, Dalkus. Yeah, I think to an extent you're right. It just is what it is. That was almost like a welcome to heavyweight mixed martial arts. This is this is what happens. Derek Lewis himself has been knocked out, and he's just picked up another knockout finish to get the most in USC history. So, yeah, to a degree, like you say, you're not you're not going to go unbeaten in that division, and you're not you're probably not going to go without getting knocked out. Perhaps Cyril Garn might be a a contender for that with the way he fights. But yeah, I thought a, a very lively Derek Lewis. To be fair to him, wanted to close out 2021 in a good way, obviously, and I thought he came out and, and looked very fresh, quite revitalised, to be honest. Put the pressure on Dalkus and. Uh, yeah, a good win, and it was always it was always likely, weren't it? I was thinking about it yesterday, and obviously we did talk about it, and I do think Dawkins has got a lot of potential and, and still has. But it is Derek Lewis, and that is what he, he he does, and we've seen him go five rounds and not do much, and then win it via knockout in in the last minutes, haven't we? So fair play to him. Uh, it, to be honest, it, I think it's a good thing in a lot of ways to keep Derek Lewis about up uh, in there in in those top echelons. Uh, because then it gives you a lot, of, a lot of good fights potentially there. Otherwise, to allude to your other point, you're having a lot of up and comers. Was Derek Lewis to lose this, fall down the rankings? All of a sudden, you're having to fight bloody Derek Lewis when, when, you, when you're not even ranked. So uh, I think it's good to keep get a win there and keep myself up there. Yeah, I think you make a good point there as well with the good fights it, it creates. If, if John Jones ever gets in there again, hmm. I think Derek Lewis would be an excellent welcome fight for him up in. 265, obviously. Or 265, actually, that point. Justin Taffer, shout out of the fortnight already in the first five minutes of the podcast. for missing weight yeah. at heavyweight, which is, I know it's Christmas, but that is absolutely legendary going, I've got to say, from Justin Taffer. So fair play to that man. But, yeah, as we were saying, you've got uh, Stipe coming back as well. I think Derek Lewis has alluded to fighting him as well. Another great welcome back fight for Stipe. Some excellent fights there, but... Back to the drawing ball for Dalkus, but he's, he's young in that he's a heavyweight in like mid thirties. So obviously mid thirties isn't that young, Joseph. <laughs> believe me, I know. But uh, up at heavyweight, it's you've got plenty of years left, plenty of miles on the clock there. So Dalkus shall be back. Uh, another quick one on that card yesterday. Some great fights actually, but Bilal Mohammed just completely shutting out 
Wonderboy, which I, I didn't see coming, I've got to say. And I didn't see it coming after that first minute. Wonderboy looking sharp, but Bilal was just relentless, particularly in that small cage, getting him down, beating him up. I think one of them was 30-25, so he's put a marker down. He's called out Leon Edwards, mugging him off as well, which was quite entertaining. And uh, if not that, the champion. So he's here to stay, and I've got to say, I weren't expecting it, and I didn't really think Bilal would have the chops to to beat the top guys at welterweight, but uh, he's proved me wrong. So you also mentioned we had a little bit of fight news, one that I, I kind of knew about, one that caught me by surprise. We'll start with the, the one that's been do, doing the rounds a little bit, potentially Colby Covington up against Hamzat Chimaev. At some point next year, I assume. Obviously, they're not going to fit it in this year with only 10 days left. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? We always like to see fighters take it slower, earn your, earn your crust, so to speak, and don't bite off more than you can chew. But Hamzat, straight in there. I don't think anyone can really argue with it too much, really. And I... I think I did say Colby was the one that we need to see. And, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully we do get to see it. Colby coming to up against Hamzat really is almost even more exciting than, than the Usman rematch in, in a lot of ways. Hamzat still being such a, an unknown uh, potential, really. I think this is where we might see a, a little bit of Colby becoming the good guy. Because mm. Hamzat is just a bit of a... He's, I don't know, he's like an evil boss in a film or a, or a <laughs> yeah. computer game. He's he's very, very cold-hearted and uh, and a dangerous man. And I think Colby, people have warmed to him since he started. He's mellowed a little bit since Trump got out. I think he's mellowed a little bit. He's thinking, I can't really bark up that tree much longer. Although he, he, he did have a go at Poirier the other day. Did you, did you see that? What, what for? I don't know what for. I don't think there was any reason, but he was, he was being interviewed. He was like, oh, Dustin Poirier, you're a bitch. Your, your wife's a hoe. <laughs> like, I Sad like, stuff. Yeah, I don't really know where it came from, but it, it, it was... It was I, I think he, he, he just knows that that's a good fight, money-wise. Yeah. He knows Poirier's coming off a loss. Uh, Colby's coming off a couple of losses. There's only so many... He can't call out champions, so he's got to start calling out the the next level, which is your Poirier's, McGregor's, and, and Kamzat. And, uh, yeah, that, I didn't see that. I've got to seek that out. That sounds quite funny. But I do, I do like Colby. I think everyone knows it's just tongue-in-cheek the whole time now. So you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Obviously, it's not my wife. He's calling a hoe. So yeah. he's for me to say that. But the fight itself, Colby and Hamza, that's a brilliant one. Because you've got someone who's going to match his just relentless and cardio style to Hamza. And we will truly... And he's coming off two losses. So... He can't really fight anyone else up at the top echelon, but we know Colby is probably the second best world weight in the world, isn't he? So uh, it should be interesting. This is a massive acid test for Hamza, and I, I wouldn't confidently put money anywhere on here, but you've got to think Colby beats him, haven't you? He's no leech. He's, he's, he's a much better fighter than that. Usman couldn't put him away properly in the last one. So what, what do you think, Joe? Early thoughts? Yeah, I think you'd have to, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to side with Colby just on, based on what you've seen. You know, maybe two losses in a row factors into it, into it somewhat. Hamzat is a big bloke, forward middleweight. You just don't know, do you? You just don't know with Hamzat. Like like you say, stepping up from the leech to Colby Cummington is like it's a million miles, isn't it? So you'd have to you'd have to fancy Colby, but um, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest, if Hamzat smashed it, not smashed him, but won the fight. And then you got you got Hamzat against um, Usman for the title and. Uh, to be fair, after the run Usman's been on, were Hamzat to show that he's capable of beating Colby, then that's a huge fight, isn't it, really, to, uh, for for both lads? Yeah, massive, massive fight. Main event, if you ask me, that's a blockbuster in hmm. for anyone's money. But uh, another one, Joseph, I don't know how legit this is. I see it on someone's Instagram. So take this uh, with a pinch of salt, but obviously London's coming. There's lots of fights coming. Downs Hill's actually... You find Uriah Hall or something. I think that's the main event. Um, but the, the one that stands out, if it does come to gonna make an appearance in that March show, is Cowboy Cerrone. Now, this is a huge fight for Paddy Pimlet. Uh, it's a massive fight for Cal- uh, Cowboy as well. Where do you see this one going, Joe? Let's pretend this isn't bullshit, which it <laughs> likely is. But first of all, what do you make of the matchup? And uh, two, how do you think it goes? Yeah, a good matchup. It's perhaps from Pimlet's side. If you win it, uh, where do you go from here? A point we alluded to earlier. You're probably fighting the top top lads, aren't you? Really in that lightweight division, which is going to be a, a big ask. But you know, we've seen Cowboy do this before with with young up and comers. 
Mixed results. He, he's, he spoiled the party a few times, Cowboy. Think about Alexander Hernandez. And at other times, he's not been able to cope with the, the young sort of pressure, the young lines, I guess you could call them. So, it, it kind of, in a lot of ways, it kind of makes sense. You know, Paddy Pimlet's a, a big draw, and he? he's a big name already, having having one fight. So is Cowboy, having had many, many fights. So, I like it. I do like it. I think, I think having said that Cowboy's upset and spoiled the party a few times, I'd expect Paddy Pimlet to, to get it done. He'd probably go out there and try and knock him out, but if it, that all does fail, then he could probably grapple at least competently with Cerrone, if, if not better. So, uh, you know, Pimlet's probably a little bit stronger, just a little bit more physically imposing. So it's not like he's going to go out there against Cowboy and he's a, he's a one-trick pony, is it really? So, you know, I do like it in lots of ways. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to call, isn't it? I think it's a very difficult one to call. Cowboy's time and time again is just rolled back the years, isn't he? Mm, like you yes. said, that Hernandez won everyone for what he was done and he went on another little mini run. He obviously got stopped in his tracks and he's on a bit of a bit of a jank run at the minute. But uh, there were some holes in Paddy's game there and I, I would not be surprised at all if Cowboy got a win. And I have to say, I probably would be pulling for Cowboy there. I don't want to see him get beat again. And uh, I'm a massive fan. Mm. So it's torn allegiances to some extent, but uh, I'm with Cowboy on that one. <laughs> All right, well, we might as well get into the meat and potatoes of it then, Matt. We'll get into the 2021 year in review. I'll start us off. I'll start us off strong, actually. It's probably, I think we both agree, the fight of the year. That, it's that featherweight division, Volkanovski picking up the win against Brian, Brian Ortega. That was back in September, so a little while ago, but a huge event. Great win for Volkanovski. I think in a lot of ways that really cemented Volkanovski as, you know, not, not just a little bit of a show pony, not just a little bit of a... He sort of beat Max Holloway, and that's kind of it, I guess. If any anyone was still really thinking that, I think Volkanovski's put himself in there as one of the all-time great featherweights, to be honest, uh, and only only kind of slightly ahead of the arguably someone who he's beat twice, but perhaps even more of a featherweight all-time great. And Max Holloway who also had a great year, kicked it off against Calvin Guitar. I think it was the most strikes landed ever in a fight, and he finished off the year against Yair Rodriguez with a cracker as well. So. Obviously, there are questions in that division about where you go from here in terms of those two lads. But I think 2021 was the year where these two really set themselves apart. Well, that's what makes it mad, isn't it? That you've got someone who's put on two amazing performances in Max Holloway uh, against Qatar and Rodriguez and Volksy's performance against Ortega, which was probably one of the best fights of all time. It had me up on my feet, Joseph. I was... Unbelievable! That's in guillotines and all that. Round yeah. three, turned it on, turned the tables, beat the shit out. You know, unbelievable stuff that they both survived that, and it's incredible that no one really wants them two to fight again because you've got. <laughs> some, but it, that's what that's what's crazy about the whole situation that with a year like that, with those performances both men have put on, that we don't want to see them fight for a third time is crazy. But I think it's because we know that if it does go the way of Volksy or even Holloway, we're going to see it again. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one where the featherweight division goes. It's in a good spot in terms of the actual talent in there, but the actual matchups, I think we need, we need a third man to sort of make his way through there to sort of have a good crack. And I think we've mentioned before, particularly you, Joseph, Henry Cejudo making a return would be absolutely class if he did it at 45. But the fight itself, fight of the year, Volksy and Ortega for me, without a shadow of a doubt. Good call that, Joseph. Honourable mentions, Chandler Gaethje. Yeah. That's got to be up there already. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, there's good fights that I've, I've got written down that I don't want to mention, that potentially, because it's, it's always a discussion, isn't it? Fight of the year. Is it, is it the action or is it the upset? There's, you know, some good upsets that have taken place. Is it, the crowd, we've had fights where the crowd has been back for the first time and everything kind of kicks off. So there are there are close contenders, I think, all all round for a, for fight of the year, for a title. Both lads gave it a good go. Sort of, there's a, There was a, a, almost a turning point there in that third round where someone else took over and then the other bloke managed to come back and turn it all around. You can't really ask for more than that. So probably a standout in terms of the all-round package, you do get good fights, don't you, often, like every week almost, but in terms of all-round package and what it meant to everyone, I think that's the only one, really. Well, you can get a a 6-5 thriller in League 2 
doesn't mean it's match of the, the year, does it? <laughs> yeah. You need you need the crowd. You need the uh, what's at stake, where the, the quality of the people uh, fighting for that. What is at stake? And Volksy and Ortega just had everything: title fight, crowd, toing and throwing, top class, guts, everything. So it, that that had it all there. And I, I think the only one that would come close from that perspective would be Oliveira and Chandler. When Oliveira won, obviously it was a bit shorter, the fight, but you had a lot of two-in and throwing. The champion had to come back from adversity and then knocked him out in the second round. So some fantastic fights. Joe, I think the main thing for me this year has been those pay-per-views where the fans have returned. Every single one seems to have been like a blockbuster. I don't know if that's just me. I think it's added a nice little wrinkle uh, having that break with the fans because it makes it just that little bit more special and does feel like a pay-per-view event. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think you might be right. And I, th- I do think I've also got lucky, not lucky, but fortunate in the fights that they've been able to put together for title fights. Just think about how many good ones there have been, how many there have been with a bit of needle, like Usman, Covington. You've got Fug Rose in there, uh, Shevchenko, Valentina Shevchenko, the heavyweight Stipe, Francis, like these are these are top draw fights that you've been able to make, isn't it? It's almost like there there aren't many divisions where you're kind of holding around for someone else to give it a go. Like maybe perhaps Usman he's cleaned his division out, but in a lot of these divisions it's like people are ready to go for title shots sort of as as soon as that, that initial title fight has happened, aren't they really? I think it's just been in a, a a level that it's never ever been at before the UFC. Mm. When you look at the divisions, like bantamweight, it's, there's so much chaos going there with who's next and what they're going to do to sort it out. But there's so many there that it doesn't really matter who fights who. The only sort of problematic one you've got is that featherweight division. But even so, you got your year two years out, comes back and performs against like Holloway, like he did. Lightweight's just on fire as usual. Welterweight, yes, you've got Usman beating everyone, but then that then you've got Chimaev coming through. It's just it's just relentless. Light heavyweight, the things going on there, and anything is happening, everything's happening rather in every division. So it's just yeah, unbelievable stuff. And particularly when they seem to, I've been mugging it off a bit all year, really. Those ones in the apex where they do sort of they thin it out a little bit, don't they? They try, I think they're holding them back for them big cards. So it worked against you one way when there's a card on in the apex and there's no fans there and they're a little bit jank but but when you get them pay-per-views it it, it almost makes it worth it doesn't it so yeah for me the fans coming back rogan getting back in there who i thought was on absolute (laughs) stellar form for once he he just seemed like his old self in there and and it added something extra to it and i I thought yeah it's been a very welcome return from the fans because they didn't come back till april so it, you had like the likes of Stipe and Ngannou behind closed doors, which is, mm. you imagine with fans with that. Um, so I'm, look, I'm looking forward to some massive fights next year. Yeah, and sort of along the, the same vein of a fight of the year, one that I kind of alluded to there. Uh, it, didn't, does, it doesn't quite make it into a fight of the year, but Juliana Pena beating Amanda Nunes a, a, a couple of weeks ago, I mean... I mean, arguably, it was a, it was a good fight, wasn't it? It was to be honest, it was a very competitive fight. That second round was just an all-out slugfest, and honestly, Pena picked up the win there. But you know, there's been chat about the biggest upsets ever. I think, given what's at stake, given who Nunes has beat, i.e., everyone, I think this was the biggest upset. You got the GSP thing, haven't you? But you know, arguably, GSP wasn't GSP at the time when he lost to Matt Hughes. But Amanda Nunes is Amanda Nunes, two-weight world champion, beaten everyone, sent Chris Cyborg packing. So for Juliana Pena, I mean, what a moment that was. Yeah, that that was just... No one can claim that they saw that no, coming, right? No one. No one. There was always the talk, we spoke about it, but that was with a a lot of straw clutching going on to try and give it some kind of reason to think that Pena had, had a chance going into there and that, that she's, that Nunes has come in complacent, which I think she might've done. Mm. Let's be honest. Uh, she, I thought she looked awful to be honest. It was just, and, it was just the way she, it was like Pena would hit her and Nunes would be like, Oh, that hurt. 
oh, don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just punch you back. And then she did her again. Oh, that hurt. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll just keep punching. And then no, eventually, <laughs> like, you keep getting hurt. It's going it's to be a problem, isn't it? So, you know, to yeah. me, I'd fancy it to come back and do a more professional job in a rematch, you know. But then, like, <laughs> we said similar things before it and, and Pena came out on top. So it's one of those you... You uh, you can't you can't really write her off, can you? No, that 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 is the biggest upset in my humble opinion. Yeah. I think that's got to, it's, it's got to be. You've obviously got you got uh, Sarah GSP, which is the the classic Bisping and Rockhold. No one saw that coming, but Bisping was. Yes, in hindsight, you think, oh, mm. that's actually not that surprising. Uh, at the time, one of the biggest of all time, and more so Holly Holm and what's yeah, the chops Rousey. Ronda Rousey. In hindsight, you're like, yes, that's definitely not an upset. But at the time, mm, big time amazing yeah. stuff. But this Pena one, with hindsight, and in 50 years' time, I think you're going to be like, how the hell did she pull this off? She was 2-2 two and two in her last uh, four. Nunez is God knows what an O in the last <laughs> five years or something. No one saw that coming. And, uh, yeah, I was off my feet on that one, Joseph. That was I weren't expecting anything of it as well. I think that's, that's another one you could throw into fight of the year because... Technically, it might have just been a brawl, but Pena, man, what what an absolute dogged performance mm. as well. It looked like the first couple of minutes, you thought, here we go, again, same way as always. It looked like she's just so outpowered by Nunes, but then she was absolutely shagged, weren't she, she old Nunes? Was, yeah. She was shagged after a minute and uh, tapped within nanoseconds. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, unbelievable upset. And, I mean, it's just indicative of the year that we've had with the rise of the underdog joseph and old lads and old yats making returns that you never thought would make it uh you've got Oliveira for, for one let's talk about Oliveira. i know he's one of your favorites that he was the the one topping the bill against poirier on the same card as pena uh, you, you must have loved that joe yeah one of my moments of the year for sure to sit to see Oliveira. And he's always value for money as well, isn't he? He puts on a real show. He's gonna he's gonna get clipped a little bit, you know. He gets he gets knocked down. Personally, I think he's a little bit. He doesn't mind getting knocked knocked down, so to speak. Almost like he takes a shot. Any other man would kind of match up. But like, I'm not gonna go down. Let me cover up. Oliveira, kind of, I think he's happy to go go with the punches and see if you want to follow him to the ground and. Yeah, it was a great moment. It's a great story as well, isn't it? I think that the, the run he went on prior to being cut from the UFC, you know, it's not great, is it? It's not great viewing, and for him to go ten and zero, whatever it is, since then, since he got back, is is amazing. And I, th- I think what that, you know, the the potential that that adds to the, the sport as a whole and your viewing experience. You think about how many people you've seen. Do not great really get cut perhaps lose a few in a row, and you write them off. You know it adds it adds a, a, another element. I guess we've always known that MMA has had this to it, but you know you, you, you can't be as quick to to write some of these lads off that may have been cut. You know Kevin Lee's been cut recently with all the talent that Kevin Lee has got. You know who's to say that he can't do a, a Charles Oliveira, Brandon Moreno in the same year done something similar to. Charles Oliveira, so I think his story in general and his, his journey, I guess, just, you know, highlights how good the, the sport is, really. Yeah, I think you made a great point there that we're too quick to just jump on these, they get called cans, don't they? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lose three in a row, you're a can. So it's, 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 it's crazy, the fickleness of, of the fan. I think we're all guilty of it in some way. Mm. Not just MMA, it's football, all sorts. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you look when you look at the champions at the minute, Oliveira. Year, two years ago, you don't you don't tell me you see that coming. Glover Teixeira, you don't tell me you see that coming. Brandon Moreno was he even in the UFC two and a half years ago, three years ago, applying his trade elsewhere, no doubt. Aldo's return, does anyone see that coming? Yeah, you see I mean... him lose down at thirty five on his debut. You see him get beat by Petra Yan. You think it's over, didn't you? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Juliana Pena, uh, even Yan, when he was fighting uh, Izzy, when he was champion, it's just like no one see that coming either. It's just I think it's brilliant. I love an underdog. You love an underdog. Everyone does. Mm. Obviously, you want your stars. You're going to get your dominant champions. We've got them. We've got Usman. You've got the others. But 
no one, everyone loves an underdog story. And I think Oliveira is, is probably the, the, the best. I, I do like the Tashira one because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> he just looks so old and I love it. Though. But it's just, it's just very inspiring. I think so many things are inspiring. Like the Juliana Pena one, no one gave her a hope, but Oliveira, he's, what was it? He went 10 and eight in his UFC career initially, and then, then went on to 10 and oh, but it, it's just a ridiculous one. The fact he's beaten who he's beaten though as well. Mm. Chandler, People kind of gave him a bit of hope because Chandler was a bit of a, uh, an unknown quantity, wasn't he? Uh, but Poirier, most people I know, I know you, you you thought Oliveira would win as well. I think I lent to him last knockings, but I wasn't overly confident. Every, most people were giving Poirier that. They, they were almost saying, ah, oh, when Connor comes back, he'll fight Poirier for the title. We're overlooking the current champion. And I love Poirier. Uh, I was sad for him afterwards because i know he's a very very good man as well as a good fighter i think he fell into the the chanda trap which we said he would of just going head hunting because he's hittable Oliveira, and he looks a little mm. bit weaker he fell into that trap and he's he, plan a didn't work but i love as, all that said i love poire but Oliveira, you've got to you've got to love that you've got to love that and what i love about him after all, all of that i love the fact he wears glasses as well There's something about that when he sees them glasses <laughs> on, you think, yeah yeah, you world champion. I know that's such an old school viewing, but it just makes him, it normalizes him. And it just makes you think, after all that adversity, the story he's got, when he goes back to the favelas as well with his belt, wearing his little glasses, <laughs> you're thinking, that man is, a, is an absolute legend. Uh, and one of the stories of the year, uh, if not all time. Yeah, he looks comfortable with it as well. I think in the, it was either in he the, does. Le- either in the yeah. lead up to the Poirier fighter afterwards, he was in a press conference, he was sitting there, he had shades on in this one, and um, obviously Gaethje said, I think it was Gaethje said, oh, he's got no heart or whatever, and he, he was just like, well, come and fight me then, and uh, find out how much heart I've got. Like, I tell you, it was just the way, obviously he spoke in Brazilian, so you're relying on translators, but uh, yeah, just the, because uh, I don't know, if fighters ever care really but you're the champion in the USC and you're just like people running about like yeah he's got no heart as he just gives up all the time to do it's like wait I'm the I'm the USC champion like what are you talking about so yeah, yeah. no I, I, he does like I say he just looks comfortable with it now and um, yeah great fights there Makachev Gaethje just superb fights Darius not, not right off yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah. It, it makes you think with Poirier it's like do you remember when that it was Poirier, McGregor, Hooker, and Chandler all sitting on the mm. on the press conference on that Fight Island one. And they were like, the winner of them fights the winner of them for the title. Poirier won, obviously, and Chandler won. Poirier's got to be kicking himself big time, hasn't he? That he went for the uh, McGregor rematch. I know he probably got a, a way more uh, bag, of, bag of dough there, but to fight McGregor mm-hmm. again. But yeah, yeah. Gotta be kicking himself. Potentially, I mean, when you saw his press conference after losing uh, Oliveira, you would think he probably is kicking himself there. You know, would you uh, would you fancy him in a shootout against Michael Chandler for for the title? Hold off and then get that McGregor free, whatever it was, for the title. Maybe he'd even earn more money taking it that route. Obviously, it's all ifs, buts, and maybe's, isn't it? So. You know, Poirier, good year beating McGregor twice, isn't it? It's good. It's a good year. He's probably top five biggest names, biggest stars in the UFC. What it will do for him and his family is superb. But it's a strange how you can. I mean, all you can do is 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 get up and move on. And you know, and I'm sure Dustin mm. Poirier will. I don't think these lads are going to sit there and uh, feel sorry for themselves. But certainly, certainly could have gone very differently. Potentially, potentially, could it could have lost to Chandler, and he would have had a ch- no chance to fight McGregor, and it, you know it could have been even worse, couldn't he? So you never know. So all it all is some butts in it. it is, but the old um, we said it last time, didn't we? If Oliveira wins, Poirier's going to be in a lot better state moving forward than Oliveira would if he lost. So yeah, he, yeah. we've already seen it. You got Colby calling him out. Uh, the Diaz fight looks like it's nailed on. I think to be, well. to be fair to Dustin, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, just do a couple of fighters at welterweight, just big main events, like, for the sake of it, Diaz is a great fight, Covington's a great fight, 
and then in a year, year and a half, you know, you might even get another McGregor fight in there, and then off the back of that, you might get a lightweight title shot. So, plenty of options. He's he's obviously knocking on ever so slightly, but with the a couple of you know great points you made about underdogs and people who've turned it around in the space of a couple of years, still got still got another another good good go at it. Well, I think we're going to see like a couple of them lads just duke it out. I think you're going to see. McGregor come back. Obviously, he's put on a bit of timber, in it. So yeah, he, he yeah. might come back at uh, one seventy. Who uh, was just say Diaz, Poirier, Colby, Masvidal, maybe as yeah. well. I think Colby's quite undersized, to be honest, for welterweight. So, um, well, we see it. We said it about Kevin Lee, in it one six five. They're opening up just for him. It seems mm. that goes okay. I, I, I really could see the UFC following suit, particularly if you've got names like Poirier, Connor, Diaz, all knocking around. Saying, right, we're going to create a belt here. Who, who fancies a little tournament? Oh, fuck me, that's the biggest names in the sport. All one six five. Yeah, isn't they? Yeah, all of them. Well, it's it most uh, most blokes are that size, isn't it? By the by the sounds of it, so yeah, it makes sense because you know fifteen pounds. I say, what's that? A stone and a quarter, nearly stone and a half. That's a lot. It's a big difference, really, isn't it? When you're talking about cutting down to the the to the pound. Do you know what I mean? You're talking about. Someone misses weight by two pounds. We're like, oh, fucking hell, you're cheating. You're doing this, that, and the other. So 15 pounds is, is obviously quite a big deal. You're making half of your half of each division quality lower by making yeah. them either fight undersized or killing themselves to get down. Kevin Lee's a perfect example of that. And I think I think Poirier, he weren't, at, he weren't fully at it. I, I, honestly, I don't think he had a good cut, it seems. Because he did mention it, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I, I, honestly, I think as you may, I think he could come back in a few years um, with the new division being in the UFC with one of these lads having won it already, Poirier or Diaz or Connor or someone like that. Honestly, can see that happening. Maybe not 2022, but uh, certainly early 2023. I think we could see it happening. I, I'll, I'll be, we've all been banging that drum in it. Everyone has been doing it. One nine five as well, but plenty plenty to have there there's there's been a lot of hot potato belts though in there joe there's been a lot thrown around all throughout the divisions but one that just stands out 170 usman for me has probably been fire of the year shoot out between him and in charles but usman's dominance has just been ridiculous yeah it's it's outstanding isn't it? this is the year that usman really put himself up there alongside gsp as the greatest weights of all time really i don't think there's any argument about that to win three fights in a year as a champion, that's almost unheard of. You look at the champs that have fought this year, they only really fight once or twice a year max. Usman's done that, gone out there and done it three times. You know, I look at the Masvidal fight and I think, okay, was Masvidal the number one best contender at the time? Not really for me, but it was a good fight. There was some good needle about it. He ended it very convincingly, didn't he? So it adds to more uh, string to his bow, really, when you're talking about highlight packages. There's a clean knockout in there against Jorge Masvidal, one of the biggest names. Uh, to beat Gilbert Burns, you know, potentially Gilbert Burns might be a bit of more of a dangerous prospect next year with a little bit more experience or, or whatever under his belt, but a legit win from Usman's point of view. Didn't care. Give me Burns, whoever, I'll beat him. And obviously the big one against Covington, which, like you say, it's kind of sent Covington packing for a little while now, hasn't it? Uh, Covington was the standout contender. There was a fight there a first fight you're thinking oh maybe there's a there's a window there for Colby in the second one and Usman kind of evolved himself from that point didn't he the, the year he's had with Trevor Whitman and that uh, I mean what, a, what a, a group of fighters Trevor Whitman has got there and a job what job he's doing uh, shout out to him but yeah Usman standout I think standout fighter of the year for what he's done yeah, I think you nailed pretty much every point there, Joseph. I mean, how many others can he go through? Because you look like Burns. Is he going to fight him again, really? I mean, Wonderboy's out of the equation big time now. Yeah. Mazzy's fought twice, beat twice. Colby, same. If he beats Edwards, he's beat him twice as well. I mean, you're literally looking at Chimaev and that's it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. Bilal Mohamed, he's just, he's Usman light, isn't he? He's just, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. Just, a lesser version of Usman without sounding really disrespectful, but like, it's Usman, you know what I mean? You can say that. Us, man. I don't know, yeah. I don't know who's gonna, who he's going to beat. Does he go up to 185? Is he his champion? Is he going to fight him? Uh, I don't think so. 
Whitaker wins, maybe. That's another great fight, isn't it, next year? Yeah. We've got so many good fights next year, Joseph. All, all coming up thick and fast. Garn, uh, Frankie, and then you got Izzy and uh, Whitaker. So many good fights to come. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. But fight of the year... We talk about it like you got Usman and Oliveira, definitely they're, they're the top two. I mean, Oliveira's only had two, but his third fight was in December last year against uh, Ferguson. So I think we count that. Let's count that. It's been a year. <laughs> we'll have that. Yeah, yeah. That's it's between them two, but like, I want to I throw a couple of others out to you, Joseph. Like, a bit more unorthodox. Because when he came into the UFC, I thought he's a bit of an unknown quantity. He's obviously done a lot elsewhere. And he's, he's come out the, the other end of 2021 with a losing record, but... Michael Chandler, I think, has been a fantastic addition to the UFC. Obviously, not got the fight of the year sort of boxes ticked, what with the wins and stuff. But throw that all that to the side. What what a fantastic addition to the, to lightweight. He's, he's proved to me not that he needs to prove anything, to me, <laughs> but in three fights, how valuable an asset he is and what a great fighter he is. And, he, and I, I think he can still do some great things next year. Yeah, you've got to appreciate the way he's kind of taking on this latter portion of his career, I think. Because um, like you say, he has lost fights. And if he had come in and kind of fought tactically, tried to mix in his wrestling and lost those fights, we'd all be like, right, like see you later then. <laughs> do you know where you can go back? But you, you do have to appreciate the way I think he's come in and thought, right, I've got one shot almost at just... Taking myself, my earnings, my legacy, all that to the, to another level. And he has, you know, because I'm always reluctant to say, oh, they're, they're, they're in there fighting for our entertainment primarily. And the reason that he's fighting like that is so he can entertain me rather than <laughs> win his fight and get his money and move on. You know, I'm reluctant to say that. But to an element, Michael Chandler has has done as much of that as he as he could, hasn't he? And, and, you know, he has lost those fights, but it's almost... I'm more comfortable with Chandler being in there and getting title shots in the future, having seen him lose those fights in, in the manner that he did. Well, that point you make, it are more or less one and the same in a roundabout way. By entertaining you and so many people, he's going to earn a bit more dough, isn't he? Mm. And he's going to get those opportunities. There's more There's more chance that if he went 3-0 by laying and praying for 15 minutes, he ain't going to fight Conor McGregor in a return fight, yeah. or Nate Diaz, or Poirier, or Gaethje. But the fact he's come in, he's said the right things, he's done the right things, and he's acted literally picture perfect with everything, apart from getting beat. <laughs> but, but even when he's lost, he had that title won at one point. Yeah. He just got a little bit excited. So, yeah, fan, one of my fighters of the year, without a shadow of a doubt, I think he's certainly in the top five, even though he's gone one and two. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see what he can do. I think he's got a lot more to offer. Might be his last big push this year. But lightweight, it's a bit up in the air, isn't it? So you can see what happens there. And another fighter, Joe, I want to throw out there, one of your favourites. I think you've been banging his drum for many a year. But this year, he's just gone over, over and above and... Very, very similar to Chandler, but a bit more so on the losing record. But Hangman Hooker, got to be a big shout-out for him this year. Yeah, it has. It has, isn't it? It's, um, you know, obviously, it, he's moved down a weight class, hasn't he, again, yeah. by, by the time yeah. the year's ended. So that does tell you how it's gone. But, you know, in, in it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? I'm sure he doesn't want people saying, oh, you know, you gave it a good go, mate. Like You tried, didn't you? You tried. But, uh you know, in this current situation we're in, for him particularly, everything he had to go through in terms of travelling, quarantining, you know, doing that and then getting right back on a plane, coming back the other way and doing it all over again to have another fights filling in last minute. You know, he, he does cement himself as um, a legend, really, doesn't he? And it's one of those ones where once you kind of get that, that characteristic, that attribute attached to you of being just an, an animal, fight anyone, do all that. It helps you in the long run, doesn't it? If he's thinking about getting a title shot of featherweight, let's say, he you know he doesn't need to go through the whole division now, does he? He needs to pick up one or two, and then because it's Dan Hooker and you know what he's about, you can throw him in a title shot. So, you know, like like you just mentioned there, really about Chandler, it's it's a little bit risk reward, isn't it? If you can go out there and be entertaining, that will hold you in good stead long term. Obviously, you just don't want to end up 
losing six in a row for the sake of being entertaining. So there is that balance there. But yeah, good year, good year for Dan Hooker uh, in lots of ways. It's the standard cowboy effect in it. We look at cowboy. He was never too far from a title shot mm. for those reasons you've just enlisted there for Hooker and Chandler. And we look at him now. He does lose loads, cowboy, but he's still getting a potential big fight with the next big star. Mm. So if you're not going to win the belt, you're going to get better play others to add to that for fire of the year. But I just wanted to get my point across. It's not all about winning Joe. It's about <laughs> taking part. Well, we can move over to sort of the, the late, the female side, you know, it's kind of, uh, you got three, three goats really in there, haven't you? On that side of the division, obviously you got, you got Nunez, Shevchenko uh, and Rose Namajunas. Now I think that deserves to be included in that. Perhaps, People are moving Shevchenko above Nunes uh, in those pound-for-pound pound rankings over there. Not not quite for me at the moment. One loss for Nunes when she, you know, let's let's. She didn't really seem that bothered about it. For we kind of mentioned it earlier, so you know I'm not putting Shevchenko above uh, above Nunes quite yet. But I think one one name who perhaps didn't get that kind of respect has had maybe a couple more bumps in the road. But picked up two wins this year, again, for a champion of a division. That's a decent turnout. Fug Rose Namajunas sparked Wadey Zhang at the start of the year and then uh, came back and de- defeated her again in, in slightly different fashion towards the end of the year. So I do really think it was a great year for Fug Rose. Uh, I, think, I think there's so much more that could be done with her, so to speak, by the USC to really put herself in those conversations with Shevchenko and Nunes. You know, I guess it's difficult for Rose when you think about expanding on that. Is she going to move up in weight and things along those lines? Perhaps a little bit more difficult than it is for Shevchenko and Nunes. But, you know, for Shevchenko, it didn't go well when she went up in weight. She's lost to Nunes twice. So, back to the positives. I think a great year for Fug Rose. Perhaps not quite fighter of the year, you know, especially when compared against Usman. Um, but two, two title wins it, it is fantastic. Trickle of the year? Probably. I mean, Shevchenko's had a few fights, hasn't she? At least two. Obviously won them. And looks unstoppable. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. When you look at, you look at Fug Rose, the way she knocked out Wei Zhang in that, in that first fight. That You talk about moments of the year, fights of the year. That, that was massive at, at the time. It seems like a little while ago now. Yeah, that was under that, that one where we, they first returned where... Mm. Lightning in a bottle, wasn't it? That was when they had the Usman knockout, Rose knockout, and all of that. Valentina battering Andrade as well. So, yeah, it's difficult to pick Trigler of the year. But I think Rose is, is, is the best division in it. That's the best ladies' division. Yes. Straight away. So, yes. by, by the same token, it's, it's hard for them to gain that dominance in that division because I think there's a little bit more competitiveness in there. So, I think... Purely for that, I would give it to Rose a slight nod over Valentina because I think she's fine. I think Wiley is probably a bit better than yeah. the, the competition yeah. Valentina's had. I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. I mean, uh, stick Pe- Pena, number four out of the lot. But, I mean, you, you can't not give it to her either because that's she, she's yeah. had two wins yeah. as well, one over Nunes. It's mad. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arguably, yeah. Arguably, it is a tie between those two, which is weird because Shevchenko went unbeaten as well so uh you know ultimately yeah you, you just got four girls there that uh fought by far and away a better years I mean Mackenzie Dern started to make a, a little bit of uh movement got derailed a little bit I mean Mariana Rodriguez I believe that's her name isn't it and she beat Dern I think she's you know a good contender in there but yeah definitely four standouts on that side yeah, it's, it's difficult to pick, but mate, it's, it's going great guns. It is. The ladies' divisions, it's growing slowly. I do obviously featherweight's just a bit iffy, isn't it? So, do we sack that off? But then obviously you got Kayla Harrison. Looks like she there was so blatantly trying to set up that Nunes Harrison fight. She was ringside, all set to go, and then went yeah. tits up yeah. big time brilliant but she does join obviously that's featherweight still going and Nunes does still have the featherweight belt let's not forget so she didn't lose both so we'll see what happens there but some fantastic fires have come through the four there um it's just exciting some fires you just haven't seen Francis you see in January 
don't see hide nor hair of him later. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you forget about him. John Jones completely forgot about him. Where is the geezer? Where's he at? I mean, there's plenty, plenty going on, and that's not even to mention some of the the potential we've seen come through. Uh, Yuri Pahashka. Don't talk about his knockout of Dominic Reyes and the things he's been doing. There are so many, too too many to pick through, but it's it's been a fantastic year. Joseph, any other standouts for you that you wanted to rubber stamp on the episode? <laughs> no, that's it for that year. I, I guess we could just finish it up with potentially what we're looking forward to next year. And you did mention his name there. For me, 2022, if not all about, is mostly about what John Jones does. And uh, I want to see John Jones get stuck in there at heavyweight. I thought we might have seen it this year. Obviously, he's, he got himself in a little bit of trouble, um, which isn't great. Do you know what I mean? Like, it really does put me off in a lot of ways. Uh, I was obviously not being there, knowing all the details. But no, I do want to see John Jones give it a go. You get you get Garn and Garnu out of the way. Then you've got John Jones against Garn, John Jones against Ngarnu, John Jones against Stipe, John Jones against Derek Lewis. You know, potentially potentially that's gonna be just madness. Yeah. I believe it when I see it. Yeah. Is the sort of phrase that comes to mind there. He's, he's too busy getting massive, isn't he? It takes a while, doesn't it? It does, it does. But what about yourself? Anything in particular you are looking forward to that you that you want to see maybe we want to see a bit of a better year for the British fighters than we did this year I think we I think that's what we've got our eye on I think we're in a better spot than we were probably going into 2021 than we are 2022 I think we've got a lot more people closer to where we want to be yeah Edwards pretty much got a title shot you've got Arnold Allen needs a couple of wins he needs to get more consistency in there Tom Aspinall has come through, and he another fire of the yep. year potential there, at least a prospect of the year. Talking of prospects, Nathaniel Wood, I think he's going to be back as well. London's going to be packed with them. Whether we see a champion come through the other end of that, I mean, Darren Till's had a had a rotten year, really, yeah. isn't he? I mean, it's Paul Craig right almost, there, though. Paul Craig, get that man a fight, get yeah, that boy a fight. Almost, he, he could have been on really for a title shot, couldn't he? If that fight hadn't fallen through last knockings. You know, you never know, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Gus is still knocking around, but if he if he is, and it was just like a little COVID thing or mm. something like that, and knocked him out or a minor injury, get him back in there, London headliner. What a little? What do you think should be headlining? This is a, I think this is up for debate now. Obviously, Darren Till would be all day long, but London card. Who do you think should be headlining? Say you got Craig and Gustafsson. If you got Craig and Gustafsson, I'd put that headlining. Definitely, yeah. So you got Paddy and Cowboy as well. Would you be tempted to put that headline? No, I'd have, think, I'd have Paul Craig five rounds against Gustafsson. I'd have Darren Hill co-main three rounds against Uriah Hall and then Pimlet before that, I reckon. Potentially, unless you can get Arnold Allen a big fight as well. Pimlet maybe opens the card and then Arnold Allen could be like the third one from the top, potentially if he's got a Korean zombie or, or someone like that, Cubby Swanson. Picked up big win, didn't he, yesterday? So, oh, yeah, not half. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic performance. But I, th- I think it's more that it's good that the rest of the crop are coming up behind Till now mm. rather than Till being on a downward trajectory. I think it's just a blip, personally. Um, but it's good that we've got these options to, to pack out that card. We'll try and get there. Probably won't. <laughs> but We'll try, though. Yeah. I, Question: Do we have a champion, Joe? End of the year, yes or no? A, a British one, obviously. Not just a <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd have to say no. Yeah, no. no. I'm afraid. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it's just so. Yeah, I do think Usman beats Edwards. I think that's the best shot, though, because you never know. Mm-hmm. I think there was a few signs that Colby showed in Usman's. Very small deficiencies, and they are small, but there is a way. But that's that's the best shot. I think Aspinall is too it's too soon. There's too many lads there. Yeah, Aspinall's too soon. I think Arnold Allen is potentially too soon as well. I mean, rankings wise, he is literally like one fight away. But... Could work in his favour with the the fact that it's just literally Holloway and Volkanovski. It could do. Yeah, it depends what route they go down. If they go down the Holloway Volkanovski route again. And then maybe Henry Cejudo throws his name in there or, or what have you. Maybe. Or if they say, let's do something different and keep those two apart, then Arnold Allen could be right there. But 
beating Volkanovski at this moment in this uh, at this moment of time, uh, having been as inactive as Allen's been, you know, I don't like that too much. Um, be tough on it. Be a big ask, certainly on on what we've seen from Volkanovski this year in that Ortega fight. But yeah, I think it's going to be tough. But it's going to be tough, whoever you are. I think there's going to be new fighters come through. I think Casey O'Neill's got a shot at flyweight. Scottish stroke, Australian. Yeah, yeah. Third. So she won't have to go through many. She's got a fight um, book, doesn't she? Roxanne Modafferi, I think. Yeah, on the Whitaker Still card. going at it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that is an excellent fight. I think she wins that. She's looked pretty flawless, really. I think, And she's young. She's like 23 or something like that. Mm. So she's got a lot, of, a lot of miles on the clock. So maybe she gives it a good go. Uh, but apart from that, Joseph, I'm just looking forward to a, a great year. I want to get back into at least watch one event. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's been so long. Well, we might have to do the MSG one again. Start thinking, uh, start thinking about yeah. that. Just got, a, just got a long off London. <laughs> and then get that up, mate. Yeah, it I'd is, love that. It is easier to get tickets to the New York card, isn't it? The MSG than it is to get London. Yeah, well easy. Yeah. And probably cheaper. Yeah. Apart from the flight yeah. and all that. Apart from all that business. Yeah. But no, I'm looking forward to a good year, Joseph. It's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm, we're going to try and ramp it up this year, do some more stuff. Um, obviously, it's been a bit different this year, isn't it? Can't get in contact mm. and do the in-person ones. We'll try and get them going again. Try and go down some more avenues, get more people on, chat some more heads. Not just us two babbling on. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, Joseph. New year, new us, eh? Yeah, well, we have had a few guests this year, haven't we? A couple of good, good guests. Modestus Bukalkas being uh, one of them. Also, we had Inside the Cage Boys on as well, and and all that business. Not one MMA we've been there, so that's been good. We appreciate everyone for coming on and all the support. We hope you have a, a great Christmas, a fantastic New Year. If you're not celebrating, then just have a good Tuesday or whatever it is when you listen to this. But uh, no, we appreciate it. Check out mustardmma.com, and that'll be it for me, Matthew. Cheers. Uh, I'm taking my hat off. It's itchy. I, I think I've made my point. Eh? <laughs>